From the art of the deal to keeping it real. Live from the Simply Vegas studios, it's The Power Move with John Gafford. The Power Move. Back again for episode 14. My name is John Gafford. I am your host with, I don't know, I'm not going to call it the most. That's a little conceited, I think, to say some shit like that. Well, I'm not saying, you see, I got to go hostess on me, Colt. That's where you're going? Is that what you went with? So next to me, as always, Colt Amadon. Hi, Colt. How are you today? Well, doing better. (laughs) Better. A bunch of nerds. Yeah, just Star Wars nerds. I'm going to go and throw it out there. If you didn't listen to episode 13, you might want to go back and and look at it because I don't know if it was because it was episode 13 or not, but but it definitely came off the rails. And if you want to learn all the things you never thought you wanted about Colt, that's probably a good place to start because with us also is Chris Connell Esquire, who was uh, leading that charge. I, I think. Baffled is a good way to put it. I, I believe I was def- responding to that charge. Because yeah. uh, sometimes in life you you come up across something where your brain hasn't made a neuroptic connect like a ne- neuronic connection. Right? No. Your brain goes, huh? <laughs> you know, that, that's why time goes faster the older you get. Yeah. So at 18, your life's half over perceptively. Yeah. Isn't that frightening? From 18 to 80 feels the same as zero to 18. Really? Crazy. That's why summers as a kid went on forever. That's why a bee perceptively lives a, a long time in a bee's mind because yeah. it's seeing time very slowly, whereas you see, yeah. So that's in the psychology of perception. They will find how when your brain has these neuronic pathways, things become less unique to you over time, right? You stop noticing. So you can control how you see time. It almost felt like time slowed down during that it conversation. Did, it did. It did. A, <laughs> it did. When Colt goes on his, I've never seen a Star Wars. I hate Tom it's Hanks. It's a case study. Yeah. I mean, dude, the, the, Tom yeah. Hanks is horrible. And his wife <laughs> See, is so I was annoying. Not, What's I was his not, wife's name? Rita? Oh, uh, Rita's annoying. <laughs> if I was married to Rita, oh. I'd probably make bad movies too to go four <laughs> oh, months a year. Man. Four months a year See, out of Okay, hey, Tom Hanks, Rita. if you're ever watching yeah, this. If, Know that this is yeah, one this is, one opinion of this one man. Definitely is not a uh, does that reflect the opinion. Private Ryan was a wonderful, yeah. wonderful film of, of the I entire that was power a porn movie. <laughs> that's it Saving was, Ryan's I Private. My, saving, thought my neighbor was in that one. <laughs> <laughs> that's a little. That's a little different. So, but you know, I'd like to kind of uh, <laughs> today before we start shooting, I did uh, you know I put out a call to say what do you guys want to hear about on the uh, the old power move here, oh, God, and uh, overwhelmingly, man, I got a bunch of questions about real estate investment yeah. and. That's kind of the forte of what of what I know. I mean, for those of you who don't know, just being introduced to me, um, I own a 500 agent brokerage here in Las Vegas. We also own mortgage. We own title as well as we own mortgage and title operations across the country. Uh, we partner with great agents. I've been in this business for 15 years. Um, I have flipped hundreds of homes. Um, I am well versed in all assets of this. Uh, Colt is our commercial director. If you didn't know that, believe it or not. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know oh, if we're no, going to be able to keep that position after best. today. And Chris, and Chris, you know, in, in addition to uh, being an attorney is also uh, very much heavily in the real estate space, actually is a licensed real estate agent, even I though am. he could have just operated that way under his, under his law license. He is actually a member of our board, which is fun. So I want to talk about a couple of things is one of the questions I got today was are high rises a good investment? Is it good idea to invest? invest in a high rise. So I'm going to give you my two cents on that. And then I would love to hear what you guys think. Cause my answer in short is depends. <laughs> it absolutely depends on what it is and depends on a couple of things. Number one is you got to figure out what you want, what your goal for it is. All right. If you're looking for a property 
it, this is this goes with all of this stuff we're going to talk about today. Everything with real estate investment, you've got to decide what you're trying to do. Are you trying to capture a place where you can use it? Sometimes, are you trying to capture cash flow? Are you trying to capture a a good return on investment when you liquidate it? Are you looking to capture appreciation? What are you trying to do? Because it's kind of like a it's kind of like a stool. You're not going to get all the legs. You're not going to get everything. Sometimes you hit a home run. Sometimes you don't. And how involved do you want to be with that asset? So when you're talking about high rises, I'm specifically going to talk about high rises here in Las Vegas. Um, and there's a lot of different ways you can go with this. So we have product in Las Vegas, like um, uh, let's go with the Martin or um, those towers, Panorama. Panorama, those towers. Those are towers where you can buy individual units. You own them. If you want to lease them, you can on a long-term lease because short-term leases are against the law here in Las Vegas. If anybody's curious about that, the hotels of, uh, we, we have a little, we have, we have a little industry here <laughs> yeah. that that doesn't jive with very well. I haven't heard of it yet. Yeah, yeah. down to the strip. So we're never going to really have legal short-term rentals in the city of Las Vegas or city of paradise. I should say, which is a lot of people don't realize that, that the strip is not actually in Las Vegas. Um, but you're not going to have those legalized Airbnbs down there. So you can, do long-term rentals on them, which is fine. Um, most of the big towers that are residential towers have incredibly high HOAs. The unbelievable, a, the unbelievably high HOAs. So when you're looking at those investments, you really need to make sure for me, that's one of the first things I'm looking at is what's the HOA? How is this going to play into a monthly cash flow scenario for me? Mm-hmm. What's the highest HOA you've seen in town? Cole? What, what do you think? Oh, the highest it's one? It's Queensridge, I think, is objectively. Well, I mean, no, well, I'm pretty sure. You get like Turnberry, it's per square foot. So I've seen stuff that's like $10,000 a month. Yeah. Uh, and, the, and, the, and the Waldorf, Waldorf is yeah, brutal. Well, you know, I don't yeah. see a lot of that turnover in the Waldorf. You're probably right. But I thought Queensridge had like two bucks a foot or something. Yeah. It, Probably, it, yeah. it, it can be bad. So when you go down there, make sure that you know what you're getting with a high rise there. Now, if your goal is to have a product that you're running out on, you know, we have condo hotels here in Vegas, which was a thing during the boom where essentially they built these towers that were associated with the hotel, the MGM, the MGM the signature, signature um, Palm's place Palm is that way. Place. Trump was that way as well, mm-hmm. where you essentially you're purchasing a hotel room and you own it. Um, <sighs> The pro, the, you look at that, and that looked like a relatively safe deal if it went in their sure. rental pool. But you look at something you didn't even think think happening. Think about the people in the Palms place. For those yeah. of you who don't know this in Las Vegas, uh, what's going on? <laughs> what's going on, Palms Colt? Absolutely nothing. It's, it's closed. Been, uh, closed since COVID. It's getting sold to the uh, Native American tribe out of California. Megan son. Yeah, and uh, yeah, could you imagine paying all this money to sit in a condo that you can't even go down and use amenities that yeah you can't you can't do anything crazy. yeah you can't do anything. Uh, nobody nobody saw well more more importantly the draw of that product is that you're getting in the rental pool right for the hotel so right. the hotel can book you know when people call to reserve at palms they could book your room as well and that's where your income is coming from that's the driver right so if you don't probably have that, bad, probably a bad long-term investment yeah probably right. bad bad no but here's the thing signature and mgm which is attached to them i actually like that one and the reason I like that one is because it has the most flexibility of all of the condo hotels. You can put it in their rental program if you want. You can pull it out if you want. You can live in it if you want. Pietarium. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. You can. There's actually a, a there's a sub leasing company that like if you want to put in the alternative leasing program. There's a company that does nothing but lease those 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 buildings out. That's fine. Uh, if you want to rent it out for six months, a year, it's super flexible what you can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'll say, have you heard this? I heard this, and this was interesting. I don't understand. Apparently, 
they're being completely non-cooperative with future owners and or realtors there now. Really? Yeah, yeah. Like when you go there now, number one, they won't even talk to you at all. Mm, if you really. if if you go if you go to the, go ask the HOA anything about uh, the programs or anything else, they'll say we can't talk to you for not an owner. Really? They won't talk to you. And if you want to preview units, you can't park there anymore. You got to park at MGM and walk through the tunnel. The monorail. Really? Walk okay. all the way through the tunnel to get oh. there. They will not let you park there, which I didn't understand that at all. That was weird. You think that is yeah. just? Uh, do you think that somebody's trying? You think the MGM REITs trying to? Take it back over. I think you'd have a fiduciary duty to to, to treat your co your tenants in a certain way, right? You think so? MGM, whoever the LLC that sub, I one of my former employers had a couple of those units, and um, they rented them out, did all these things with them, and they were pretty easy to work with. I thought. Yeah, I mean, back in the day, they they were super easy to work with. We kept I I I kept fighting, and something you can do by the way, uh, tax assessments. Mm-hmm. So I was fighting tax assessments for them, and I like lodged, but I went down to city and did all the stuff, and we won, and got certain rates lowered and, and whatever. But at the end of the day, they were pretty reasonable, and they were kind of helping us fight that because they didn't want those assessments to go up as well. Yeah, maybe that's why they were friendly at the time. But mm-hmm. yeah, well, I mean, you know, again, that that's the kind of hotel product. Yeah, but if you're looking I, at the other towers. You know, you're looking at the Panorama, the Martin. The Ogden now, too, the Ogden now. through a weird Veer, kind of thing. There's one right in Mill Strip. Mm-hmm. Cosmo actually has a couple units. Yeah, I think not a lot. Just, 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 just a couple, not, not, not a lot. But the thing that I always tell people is when they're buying those units on the Strip is, or in any major high rise, you know, here, some of the, you know, if you get in another market, I mean, obviously you look at New York City, the apartments are different. You know, you can have vastly different improvements in an apartment in the mm-hmm. same building. Here, pretty much all these buildings are improved exactly the same way. They haven't, they're not old enough to where they've been no. gutted and people have gone in and totally redone them. I mean, sure, some of them have been jazzed up. The penthouses might have been sold gray shell and then oh, they, jacked yeah, up. Right, right. Yeah, Panorama Maybe. had that situation. Yeah, yeah where they, they sold some of the penthouses gray shell. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm not saying it's a blanket statement, but for the most part, <laughs> All of the units are pretty much the same. Yep. So when you buy in a high rise, it's really like Kansas soup on a, on a shelf is really what it is. And the one that's marked the cheapest is the one people are going to reach for first. So it's very easy for someone to panic or have to force sell or have to do something and dramatically affect the value of all the units. Sure. Yep. Um, we've seen the price of those things go up and down and up and down elastically as it goes along. So, you know, my advice, like everything is this, and this is how I look at it, especially with those units right now, especially in the Las Vegas market is, is very overheated on pricing. I'm not saying that again, if my $10,000 crash bet is still there, anybody wants to bet me 10,000 bucks, there'll be a crash next 24 months. I'm happy to take that bet. But for me, what I'm looking for when I get an investment is I just need to make 500 bucks a month. If I can get 500 bucks a month out of it, it's a good investment. For me, if I can't, I don't do it because it's got to generate at least that much. If it is and it's a secure asset and I don't have to worry about it, I'm fine. It makes 500 bucks. So your cash flow is above me on your cash to cash. I mean, yeah, that's it. Yeah. So, so if I if I'm levered, if I take a mortgage and my payment is X, and then I add in, you know, X my, my taxes and my taxes and insurance is there, plus the HOA, mm-hmm. plus if I'm going to use a management company to manage it for, manage it for me, yeah. call another 10. Um, again, that gets back to our 
working for your dollars again. Right. You know, I've had situations where, you know, I'm not, well, let's, let's be honest. When I've managed my own properties, my wife was a property manager. She was the one chasing stuff <laughs> down and having to go pick <laughs> up rent from people that, that didn't want to yeah. pay and this and that. And she's kind of, uh, she's, uh, she's retired. She's your Lagatha. Yeah, yeah. She, she is my Lagatha, but she's, she's retired from that job. She said, I'm not doing this ever again. I'm not going to chase money. Cause she, mm -hmm. you know, she just didn't have the heart to push people out and do whatever we needed to do. But, Again, if I can make $500 a deal, I'm fine with that. But I want to be as hands-off with that equation as I can. There's some people that are very hands-on. You know, they buy fourplexes in the worst part of town and want to go down and try to chase rents. And I'm like, dude, I have no interest in doing that at all. I have no interest. But if you want to do that, that's fine. But as far as the high-rises, really, man, I would just look at, you know, get with a good realtor, get with somebody that understands what they're doing, understand what the market rents are for that unit, understand what the vacancy rates are, Figure out what it's going to take for you to rent it. I, I, when I always run performance on my $500 a month, I always run two months vacant just, to, just in case. Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. And then I can do my 10 months. If that pencils out to 500 bucks, it's a good enough deal for me and I'll buy it. And it works. Yeah. As long as I can be hands Cash flow at 5,000 bucks a year. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for. That's great. That's what I'm looking for. Right. Now, that's the high rise answer. I mean, again, it really depends. The HOAs can eat up profit there so quickly. Yeah. yeah. So quickly. I think, I think on HO, they're not HOAs. On the high rise, uh, you have to look at it. What type of investment is it? Is mm -hmm. it one, like you said, one you want to come and use for three months of, of the year? One that maybe, you know, you want to retire in Vegas and you want to just have that high rise living? Mm -hmm. There's different types of investments that way. Have you ever lived in a high rise? Uh, no, I have not. Um, <sighs> You know, I, I could see the. I I, no, I, I, I could see. I, the, I have a different story. See, yeah. I, I I think you could. You're either going to love it or hate it. Um, you know, I think that. All right. What if Tom people, Hanks built a high rise? Would you love it? Or hate and I go burn that burn <laughs> motherfucker down. So I lived in this the Ogden when it was called the Streamline Towers. Okay. Yeah, I remember that. Yep. Sure. Back when it was the Streamline yeah. Towers, 2010 to 2012. Good job, Sam Cherry, getting that built. There we go, Sam Cherry. Um, and the building was 10 percent occupied when I lived there. I had the entire twelfth floor to myself. Oh my god! Tell me, literally, tell me, you ran around with a chainsaw like American Psycho. I, oh, god damn it, John! I was <laughs> talk to you. You know, it's so funny too. It's one of my favorite movies. You never how did you not think to do that? Because there's still people in like the fourteenth and eighth. But floor you got room. the whole twelfth floor. You told they wouldn't hurt well, the chainsaw. What I did is my daughter and I would play like ball in the hallway. So I actually had oh. a very extended. Yeah, with, with the daughter, the daughter would probably. Be I had a two year old, so I wasn't running around with a chainsaw, but. Um, I had the the gym on my floor. It was cush. And it was a great way to live. And I was single. And the, I lived on Fremont Street across the street from my favorite watering hole, the Griffin. Yeah. You know, that to me was a fantastic moment in time for what it was. Now, yeah. I didn't have storage. I, you know, parking cars, all that stuff's a real pain in the ass. And you couldn't pay me to do it. Now. Everything. Yeah. Everything. Dude, that, that's what I lived in a high rise in Oklahoma City uh, years ago when I lived there uh, for a short period of time. What? Yeah, I, dude, I'm telling you, again, everywhere. when you, when, you like Forrest Gump. when you graduate from Hooters University, they tend to move you around quite oh. a bit. And Oklahoma is one of my stops. Uh, Hooters America bought out the franchisee there and they shipped us all out there to turn those stores around, which we did. Oh. And so I had to live and I lived in a high rise there and I thought this can be the greatest, it's gonna be the coolest until you have to go to the grocery store. Yeah. Until you have to go to yeah, the dry cleaner. Yeah. So you have to do everything because you got two choices. And in the lower end buildings, which this was, I mean, that was, I was. 20 something when this happened. So I probably wasn't living in a flossy building. So you're lugging all that stuff yourself or what's worse is in the higher end buildings, you Can't are, remember. I mean, you better walk around with a pocket full of pocket yeah. full of money. Cause you're going to be breaking dudes off left and right. Your yeah. door guy, your delivery guy, all these people, it's just a constant never ending flow yeah. 
of breaking them off. That's how people live in New York, though. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's literally, we went and saw a friend who was in dental school at NYU, and he was on Houston, and they had a fifth-story walk-up or something. And I remember walking up these stairs to go to see him, and it's, we're on the third floor, and I'm like, you do this. Every day. When you leave your hat in the car. Yeah. Oh, God. Like, you know what I mean? Like, those the, the little inconveniences yeah. of life yeah. are why ultra-wealthy people sometimes have 5,000-square-foot houses instead of 20. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's yeah. just sometimes you get this. Could you imagine having a dog living in that and take it down all the time? No. I, and I, 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 oh, God. I didn't have a pet the at the time because I'm not doing that. I'm not going in and out. I did when I was younger. I lived in an apartment building. I had a dog. So I was, you know, one of those people that you know, built a, a place where the dog could pee off the balcony, yeah. like in a, in like a, a right, right. whatever garden, but looking back on it, it's disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, the little pee pad for the dogs. Well, yeah. the, it, it was like a, a yeah, built area for the dog and it didn't yeah. really affect anything, but it was disgusting. It's that's just gross. not a, it's not sanitary. Have, that's you, have you, I don't know if I've ever seen a good investment in a high rise. If you're not going to utilize it and use it, have you? <laughs> yeah. You do no, a lot more I than have. that. No, no. Well, people that bought during the yeah, yeah, well, in Panorama. Yeah. yeah. Those guys are turning some of those, especially the, the, Make town, good money. the townhomes. Those two stories, yeah, they got yeah, big yeah, HOAs, yeah. but those are very unique, oh, yeah. and they got a ton of amenities. So there's people that always want to live there. You know? Yeah, I think that, um, and it's funny too because some of the school of thought, like something you just said, that people don't think about. Like you said, oh, I lived on the twelfth floor and I had the gym there, right? It was awesome. But did you know, like I just sold two units in Sky for again the same guy that fed me, you know, super expensive wine yesterday because he's moving to Russia, <laughs> exactly, Michael. And uh, I just sold Gross. two units in Sky, and his units were on the amenity floor. And they sat and sat and sat because people are like, oh, I don't want this many people walking by my door. I did live where nobody else lived, though. Yeah. Okay. So people were traipsing through my hallway. Maybe yeah. it would have been different. But my experience with it was very convenient. Yeah. It just, I think, but all those little things matter. And I think, yeah. and when you look at the high rise again, the view, I mean, you know, certain buildings, you know, every building is going to appreciate a little bit per floor as it goes up based on the view. And you need to understand what that is. It does matter. It's, just, it's, it's such a weird market. But yeah. I think for me, man, you know, I am a single family house guy. I am a, you know, a multifamily guy when I, if I, when mm -hmm. I can get a deal that makes sense, if I can get money into um, all of those things. And, and I think primarily, you know, single family investments are, are where kind of most people start out when they do this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of my, one of my, one of my mentors, one of my friends uh, in my mastermind group, a guy named Kent Clothier has got something that is amazing. It, it's absolutely amazing what Kent does. And I want to talk about it, um, and you can you can look this up, or you can hit me, and I'll connect you. But Kent flips this dude flips like two hundred houses a month. Jeez, wow! <laughs> but how they do it is really exceptional. So he's telling me this idea, and this is what they do. So they they operate in twelve markets across the United States. They uh, they buy direct, basically from consumers. They, I mean, they they buy off they buy everywhere. But anyway, they, they buy they buy these properties. They renovate them in every market they're at to just make them perfect, right? They renovate them, modernize them, do everything they need to do. Then they get a tenant. They put the tenant in them, and then they sell them to an investor. To an investor, and they continue to manage the property. Yeah. So they are now probably one of the bigger property management companies in the U.S. and they it's manage the whole brilliant. thing. So and they're selling them at like thirteen, fifteen cap rates, which is that's a great return. And if you lever you know, even, even kind of better on that. And 
and you know, so I'm going through this thing and I'm a guy that's flipped a bunch of homes. I'm a guy that's done this. And, and, and I'm like, man, why would, you know, that's just stupid. You're, you're missing the profit margin of the original acquisition to this buy and you're missing that. And it's going to screw your IRR. It's going to screw all the stuff volume. up. And I'm going through this. And then I go back to what Ryan Steumann, hardcore closer said, which is don't work for the same dollar twice. And I'm like, I can put money in this asset. I can get all the depreciation. I can get all of the benefits of owning it. Mm-hmm. All of the things I can write off. And I don't have to ever go see anybody because they're handling the management. They're just sending me a check. So does it go into a pool or do you own? No, you own the asset. You own the actual asset. Mm -hmm. So, for example, I said said to Ken, I said, uh, or Kent, I said, how long would it take me to get a house? And he goes, well, you know, based on on the current list we have of people getting them, I can probably get you something in probably about 65 to 70 days based on our current run rate. And I said, how long would it take me to get 10? And he said, well... You know, I can probably fill that with a, a, a new house about every 10 days because wow. they're in 12 markets. Because here's the thing, like people get so hung up on the fact that they need to be in the market that they're in. And I'm like, man, you know, but these guys are in all of these markets where you can still buy a house mm-hmm. in Birmingham, Alabama, in you Huntsville, know, that's so smart. in yeah. Kansas City, in these markets where you can still buy a house for $150,000, $200,000 that still cash flows in those teens that, that will still hit all of those boxes. Right. Can't do that in Las Vegas right now. It's no. almost impossible. But so like they're said, managing it for them too? Everything. That's so the then value. they're taking... So not only they're triple they dipping. Take, oh, oh, dude, wow. he's killing it. I mean, I, I think, I think, you know, it's, smart. it's, it's millions of dollars yeah, oh, in long sure. term. You know, what's funny about that, John, you bring that up about, um, triple dipping, but the way I see it, it's like, everybody should get paid for what they do. A thousand percent. And there's a lot of, I'm not mad at them. No, 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 no. <laughs> I know. I know. But I think sometimes people have this thing where they go, well, I could move to Birmingham, Alabama, take over that market oh, God. as opposed to just being, what am I comfortable with? I think a lot of people, when they think of investments and money, it's about, hey, what's that guy getting on the other end of it? Yeah, I deal with this frequently as an attorney, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot of times where somebody made you a $2,000 offer. Then I come in as an attorney and I get you a $25,000 offer and I get to eat, keep 8300 on a contingency. I take a third. Mm-hmm. But instead of you going, hey, you got 8000 of that. I only got sixteen six six seven. Oh, yeah. You, they look at, mm-hmm. yeah. As a, it's like, no, 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 you're up 14. 14 000, yeah. Why do you care what I got? Yeah. Well, dude, that that's that's kind of, I mean, honestly. It doesn't happen to me, I, I, I but no, I'm saying no. like just right. the concept of people that think, oh, yeah, yeah. well, why are you getting this much money? Well, dude, that that is, you know, in the business of what we do now, in my main core business, which is open, you know, we find large real estate brokers across the country. We open joint venture partnerships with right. title and mortgage with them. And they're, they're, it's not a franchise, dude. We're not selling that. It's a straight 50-50 JV of just the mortgage and title. They right. keep their, I don't want any part of their real estate business. You keep just your brokerage. Okay. I'm good. You know, I'm not asking you to brand over your real estate brokerage. If you're, I don't care if you're a Remax. I don't care if you're a one. I don't care. We are going to build a mortgage and title company on top of your existing brokerage, and we are going to split it 50-50. And we have seen that when we model this out for people, and I can see it going in their heads, I can see this, and it's happened a couple times already, where we've had brokers that see the, see the model coming, and all they see when they see those giant numbers is what we're getting. Mm-hmm. And, and that, to me, is this scarcity mentality. It's oh, this totally. whole starvation thing where it's like, well, I don't want to go to a feast because then you're going to get to eat these giant, you know, turkey drums. Yeah. It's like, well, wait, what are you eating? What do you yeah. care what I do? You had cheese and crackers before. Now you're eating caviar. What, what do you care how much caviar I'm eating with you? Yeah. It, it, that's the mentality that's 
for people. So that, that scarcity mentality well, is poison. Well, and here's the thing, you know, we spent millions and made every mistake in the book doing this. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is, you know, especially when it's mortgage, when I, when I see it happen with this, and it's happened now twice, which I don't like, we had two deals that we were, we were, we were on our way to do, we were on our way to getting done on our way to doing and all of a sudden hard left turn from the broker because they're going to do it with their existing mortgage guy. They have, they have a lender, an LO that's been with their office forever. They've known that all of a sudden that guy is now gone from, I'm a loan officer to, I am a mortgage Branch executive. Manager. No, I'm worse. I am a, I'm, I'm an exec. I'm a CEO level executive. Like I can I'm get all Frank this done. Gay. Yeah. But I can get this done. And I'm just, I watch them and I, I wish them well. And we send them on their way. Yeah. And I just kind of put in my calendar, this guy's going to be calling oh, me seven, yep. seven months when this just goes down. You're not terribly precious about your idea too, which like, here's the thing. It doesn't take a genius to go, Hey, I have an idea, but it does take skill, ability, knowledge to execute. And we talk yeah. about that a lot here about people think their ideas are worth something and they're not until you do something with them. Right. So if these people go, Hey, wait, this guy wants to JV with me and just have a mortgage and a, and a title company stacked. Yeah. As well as concierge or whatever else yeah. you have next. But yeah, they're going to stack it, but they're going to take half the business I generate for what? Yeah. Right. As opposed to going, well, shit, I'm not doing it now. And I was not going, going to, do, going it. to yeah. do it. Yeah. And and I have these relationships with lending officers. I have relationships with title companies, but what they send me a Christmas basket. No, what's, what's even, what's even worse. are these, these cats are making like, you know, here's some, free su- here's some free sushi in a, in a yeah. conference room. Yeah. Here's a free sushi in some conference room yeah, and some bagels. Here, here's some, here's some swag. Here's a, 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 a tumbler with yeah. my, my lending company name and, on it. And it's like we'll host a CRE. It, well, it, I'm like, that's not, that's not, I part, part of it's a compliment. Cause I've got, I guess we make it look really easy. Right. right. <laughs> it ain't easy. No, no, no that's, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. But people think that, Oh, I have this idea. Well, this guy approached me with an idea, so I'm yeah. gonna run with it. Right. And you're going that, that it's not like, that is a bad, you know, what I'm saying is a lot of times people get on these, oh, I want you to sign this NDA because they think it's going to protect something because their idea is so revolutionary mm-hmm. that nobody's ever done it, right? Now, vertically integrating real estate title and mortgage makes a ton of sense for people that have been in the business. Yes. Implementing that, however, navigating everything that comes along with it is something that is so complex that it's not like you, John, sit in your office and just strike some papers and it gets done. No. You hire talent. No, no, we, we have very talented people to do people. this. Very talented people to do this. So these brokers sitting out there in their other market, and this isn't a pitch for your company, but it's, these brokers out there thinking, well, this guy who's a loan officer for this company, he's just going to come do that. It's like, no. you're not talking about the same level it's of like setting up and a, and a real what, company. Yeah, and people don't realize, you might sit there and say, oh, well, they're taking 50%. Well, go do it on your own. It's not, they, yeah, people come to out. me all the time. Why, why don't you just start your own real estate brokerage? I'm like, uh, it would cost me way more than what I give my current brokerage. And for the record, I'm kicking you off the podcast. Oh, if you well, <laughs> I thought I was getting well, no, kicked it, off, but no, it's people don't look <laughs> at after the Star Wars. Yeah, but I don't think problem. people realize, A, if you go do it, your profit margins maybe are 5% better. What's your you with coverage? 80, yeah. Yeah. With eighty percent more headache. Well, if you can even right? get it open. Well, if you, that's what if I'm you saying. Eighty percent headache for five percent of more income, right? Well, here's right. something John and I deal with all the time: things like E and O coverage. Yeah. Oh, as an agent, okay, go buy your own for what? Yeah. What's the what, good what, luck with that? What are you getting for what you're giving up? That's, Which is yeah. that's skyrocketed, by the way. Is what am I giving up compared to what am I getting? Well, I think it, you know it's. I saw some saying, I'm not, I'm going to, I'm going to quote it terribly, but it was like, if I spent 15 years learning how to 
put a screw in the wall yeah. and I come to your house and it takes me five minutes to do it. You're not paying me for the five yeah, minutes. You're paying me for the 15 minutes. It's that deck building analogy. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. what it is. And it's like, th that that's what you're paying us for. Yep. And yeah. I think it's just, you know, we actually had a conversation where we're like, man, maybe we need to dumb the profitability of the real numbers down a little bit. Cause it's just, you know, I think some of these guys see some of these numbers and we get, we get some big brokers and these numbers, I mean, there's seven figures. I mean, these are big. Do numbers. you want to do business with people that don't understand things like economic addition or at value add? No, but, but at the same time, I see a little bit of myself in there as well, because you know, even in anything in life, when That's somebody fair. comes to me, um, I'm always looking for the mothership. Like sure. if, anybody that comes to me and says they have a service, be it social media marketing, be it whatever it is. I'm always like, okay, you're probably an affiliate. There's probably a mothership behind you. And right. I immediately go to the internet we'll to try to find a mothership. Yeah. And I'm pretty good at finding the mothership. Yeah. Sure. And then I can just cut the affiliate out. So <laughs> I, I get just, it. <laughs> I just had that happen. Yeah. But when you're ground up vertical, you know, vertical integration situation, yeah, these are complicated companies. Yeah. These are complicated companies and yeah. you have people running at it. And again, this isn't a, a pitch. It's just the idea to me, if I was the simply group, the best thing you can do for your real estate company today. But here's the thing. What's the cost? What are you giving up too? Yeah, your headache and your time. You start yeah, exactly. Back. If you're a broker and you have to make, uh, the one thing like John's always, he's always wanting a new car, but he's afraid how it's going to come off, right? Because he's afraid <laughs> of how, you know, people will look uh, in the brokerage, man. right? Right. We've had this conversation. Yeah, yeah no, we've had this conversation. Do we have and, it on the air? I don't know if we've ever had this on the air. Uh, I think yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah. It's did, I, did I tell, it's a 911. No, it well, wasn't. But, he, but here's the thing. Did I tell you this? Okay, because because we had the wraith we had the wraith conversation going mm -hmm. on back and forth. I did spend one hundred fifty thousand dollars on a new vehicle the other day. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. Oh, you bought an airplane. No, that vehicle that I invested one hundred fifty thousand dollars on, I invested in the same. Ghostwriters and editors that wrote Tillman Fertitta's book tell me write a book. And I guarantee you that vehicle will take oh, me a hell of a lot yeah, further, yeah. a hell of a lot further than that Rolls Royce Wraith would have been. Really? Really. That's for you. And that's why I stroked that check uh, four days ago. I thought about it. Me and the wife talked about it for like a day because I mean, that's a decent clip. I mean, yeah. 150 grand for something that there's there's no, there's no, like, normally when I make an investment, it's all, it's math. I look at the data, ROI, I look at the data right, sets, right. I look at it, I look at historicals of like investments there's and I try no to figure it out. Yeah, there's no quantitative yeah. return for this. But these guys wrote, uh, it, it's it's Kenny Anderson Associates. You can look them up. Um, they wrote Tillman Fertitta's book, Joe Biden's book. Um, they have a string of New York Times bestsellers. Um, we did a long interview uh, with them. Uh, made me feel good. They don't take everybody. It's not like if just because you can write a check that you know will take it because they want to keep their string of success running. Mm -hmm. um, and and yeah, it, and it's it's a lot. And it was a big investment, but I, you know, it was like I I can go blow this on a car. Or I can blow it on this. And if nothing yeah. else out of it, like I told my wife, I said, look, if nothing else out of it, when I'm long on the ground, you know, my yeah. grandkids, grandkids posterity. can at some point yeah. dust off a book and say my great grandfather. Yeah, I agree book. with doing things for posterity. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, until they get to chapter six about, you know, how many strippers I bang when I'm in nightclubs in Atlanta, <laughs> that may not be the good move. But yeah, that's okay. That's yeah. okay. Good for your granddad. Who, whatever. Who's that guy that, uh, <laughs> who's that guy, Max, uh, that wrote the book about being an asshole or whatever? I don't know. Assholes yeah. finish first. I, or I know who's limited. I know who's limited. You know, that guy made his claim to fame. <laughs> I'm pretty well, sure. Tucker I know who's walking. Assholes. Tucker Max. Tucker Max. No, 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 no. So Tucker Max has a great product, which is it's a uh, it's called Book in a Box. Tucker Max has that, um, and he's a smart dude. But too. he limped into it through that publishing deal about his time as yes. a 
fucking uh, a restaurateur's son. Yes. No, no, no. hundred percent. But he has, he has, and I looked at that product mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, but there's a lot of heavy lifting that you're doing yourself with that. Oh no, I, I completely think that you should deal with professionals when you want to limp your real vision if you want to be a soundcloud rapper or do you literally want yeah there's different ways of going about it i think you can be successful either way but john you're not going the soundcloud rapper way you're going warner brothers uh, hey warner brothers here's my album here's an option it's i understand i have to pay for studio time and it's it's real, but I'm using your lawyers, yes. your services, your legitimacy. And, and that's on, and this is end-to-end representation on it, which, end is, which, end which, is, which is dope. Which is legitimacy. Well, let's take a break so uh, Colt can get a refill, and uh, I don't know. Just we can take a break. We'll be back in a minute. Hey, that's awesome. <laughs> hey, it's John Gafford. If you want to catch up more and see what we're doing, you can always go to thejohngafford.com. Well, we'll share any links that we have things we talked about on the show, as well as links to the YouTube where you can watch us live. And if you want to catch up with me on Instagram, you can always follow me at the John Gafford. I'm here. Give me a shout. Welcome back. Welcome back to part two of today's episode of the Power Move, episode 14, where we are talking about real estate investment. I am course M. John Gafford. To my left is Colt Amadon. And with us also, Chris Connell, Esquire, to keep us out of trouble or hopefully from getting canceled. Get which, yeah, we might get canceled. We might not. I don't know. It never knows. But, you know, before the break, we were talking about I just made a pretty lengthy, uh, stroked a pretty big check to um, to my book, my, on my book deal. Wrote a check out to get a, a book written. Look, you know, I, I'm a smart dude. I'm quippy. I tell a lot of good stories, but writing is not a forte for me. So rather than me try to personally write a book that was going to be garbage. I went out and basically solicited the best people in the business uh, to do this for me, to help me with this book. And, and, and I'm excited about it. It's going to be good. Do I get a chapter in this book? Uh, me and Chris there's there's going to be a book? whole case study on you. Yeah, I think yeah. Colt, there'll be a whole case study, but, but you know, you asked me Chris before Actually, the break, on, John, before we start getting into that, maybe some things we can leave out. Something, yeah, some things we could leave out. Some things we could leave out. But but no, so you want to talk a little bit more about that. Also, later in today's episode, I want to talk about Airbnb arbitrage, which is something I just learned a lot about. It's a concept that I do really like. We'll talk about that. But again, back to uh, talking about the book deal. So, you know, even during the break, you asked me, you said, man, that's, that's I love that. That's yeah. a good deal. And, and, and what do you do? And how do you come to that? Kind I don't of know decision? if it's a good deal. I haven't priced it up, but I think, no, it's, no, I think no. it's the right it, thing to do is invest in yourself always. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, it, it was, it's, it's, this is the, this is the Rolls Royce of what this is. There, there's no more expensive place to, to do this or have this done. Um, but they're the best people in the business to end and help me get, help me accomplish right. what I want. So, you know, how do you get there? How do you make a big decision like that? And how do you do this? Well, you know, there's a saying in for a penny in for a pound. Mm-hmm. Is kind of what I what you would go with with this. So when I kind of started doing this, and the whole purpose for, and I'll be honest with you, I'll, t- I'll tell you the whole reason. If you're enjoying this podcast, if you think it's great, if you're watching on YouTube, if you're following on, on Instagram, I'll tell you the whole purpose for this. So as we started doing the national expansion um, and doing joint venture partnerships with brokers, uh, large real estate brokers across the country with mortgage and title. Uh, we have a great CEO that came to our company. He was head of franchising at Realogy. He was the CEO at another franchise real estate company called JPAR out of Texas, very well known in the industry, but we were still bumping into this. Who the hell are these guys? You know, because in Vegas, we are a very big fish, but you know, it's outside of Vegas. Who the hell are these guys? 
So I made a commitment that I needed to develop a national brand and it would be things that people would know. I need to get on more stages. I need to be more omnipresent among all channels and everything we're going to do. So I start looking for the best guys in the business to coach me on this and help me do this. And a company came up and that company is called Monopolize. It's actually owned by uh, Brett Knudsen. He lives here in, it's oddly enough, the guy could hit, we could hit a driver. Well, Colt, maybe three drivers and hit his house from where we're sitting. He lives <laughs> across the street, McDonald's Highlands. Lives, yeah, lives <laughs> across the street. And he has a company called Monopolize. They handle marketing and brand imaging for a lot of companies. It is hyper expensive. And by that, I mean a monthly retainer with these guys is take what you take what you, I think the golden Knights are one of his, one of his uh, clients. So take what you think they would spend on social media branding what, 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 a, what a, a company like that is, and then understand there's no real drop off for an individual. It's just what it costs. Yeah. So it was a massive investment in that. And you start, you go down that road and now all of a sudden you're like, okay, I'm doing this, I'm doing it. And now all of a sudden you're like, well, if I'm doing it, I gotta, I gotta really do it. So you hire content editors that are cutting this thing up. If you're, you're seeing this, you know, if you're seeing this on TikTok, on Instagram, on YouTube, I'm, not editing, I'm not editing this up. I've got, I've got this is on TikTok? everything. I got virtual assistants. <laughs> That's if, yeah, yeah, Burger cool. King as, as the now. kids do. Right, yeah, sorry. great network. See, we just picked up like a thousand <laughs> 10 year old followers. Nice job, Chris. Nice job. No, but, but, you know, I got VCs that are cutting this stuff up. They cost money. And then it's like, you know, you go into this and you're like, okay, if you're in, if you're doing it, you can't do half of it. You can't do part of it. So by the time this whole experiment is done, and, and again, this is a tough, it was a tough investment for me because I only normally invest in things that I can, I can, I, I can quantitatively look at a return. Right. I can say, here's the data sets. Here's everything. This is the expectation based on previous. I can do this in, uh, you know, our business here. I know my cogs. I know everything that we do here. I know how to turn those dials to make more money to cut costs to do things. I know, uh, I mean, with agents here, I know how many, if they just make this number of calls a month, right? I know that this is going to turn into this amount of money. I, I, all of that is a data set. So to take that leap of faith off of the cliff, if you will, and spend the kind of money that I'm spending on this whole adventure, it's a lot. Can we, can we bring this back to like a nineties references and see how, totally see how hip hop suburban dads we really are. Okay. I love it. Let's see it. There ain't no such things as oh, you lost me halfway already. crooks. Did you have that one Colt? Of course. <laughs> I didn't, he didn't have that one. I don't sure think he I did. No, I didn't. Have. Where was that? that was, <laughs> That's what we're talking I mean, about. obviously, I don't know if you listened to <laughs> was it Mob Deep or whatever. No. It was no, in it was, was an eight mile cult. It was oh, an eight, eight mile. mile. Remember the whole crowd? Yeah. yeah. The spaghetti. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The Halfway crooks. So yeah, you should like that not. movie. Tom Hanks was not in it. You can like that. That's actually a good movie. I'll Here, give here's one for Colt because he's from Utah. There's no such thing as half pregnant. Oh. Go there. <laughs> oh boy! Soaking, soaking oh boy. that one in, Chris. Soaking, <laughs> soaking that one in. Soaking that. You don't even want to know that if you don't get oh, that I do. reference. I do. Yeah. You don't want to yeah. get it. Hard yeah. to get pregnant soaking in. Mo okay, look. The, the, th the thoughts and feelings of cold hominid do not reflect Wait, that. I didn't say move. nothing. I said <laughs> nope. Not so, going okay. there. I, I have a Utah team. Moving uh, on. Back to uh, we're going for a soak as a completely different meaning. Back. Sorry, John, but the point is, is that, yeah. you know, in for a penny, in for a pound. In for a penny, in for a pound. Which so that, Colt isn't about the cheapest. I thought that was about my neighbor, but okay. No, so that's it. So uh, again, you know, back to investing, because we were talking about this before. We talked about the high-rise market, how, how it is. We talked about single family. I, you know, I think that 
that fourplexes and apartments is a whole nother show. I mean, that's literally it's a whole podcast to talk about that stuff because you can talk about that. I mean, there are very unique tax advantages of buying apartment buildings. I mean, the number one being accelerated depreciation. If you're a high net worth earner and you're not investing in apartment buildings just simply to get to the accelerated depreciation tax laws, right. you're nuts. Or that's, in a qualified opportunity zone, yeah, depending th- those on things. what kind of the yeah, time that, issue is. Let, let's let, let's, let's save that for a whole nother sure. show. But back to single family homes. Um, I kind of want to hear more about this book, John, that, that process. Or is this the no 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 I mean no we're, we're not very far in it so far I mean the the book I mean so far we did we did about a we did about an hour interview where they kind of found out does this guy have anything of substance we yeah. can actually translate into a book you know I mean actually Colt they do coloring books apparently it's much cheaper so you may want to look into that I was going to say <laughs> see Colt you're, power you're, walk. you're <laughs> Oh, my book deal is going to be way bigger. When, when, when you guys have a two-time Olympian in multiple sports, uh, my book deal is going to be huge. Okay, it's going to be huge. But you know what? I feel like you just need a dragon on your cover, John, and you'll <laughs> just rock doors. Just anything yeah. with a dragon, and you're going to be They're good. They're going to be good. Uh, no, so we did. We did the interview for about two hours to make sure that I had, you know, some some knowledge in my field and knew what I was doing. And, and so they interviewed you. They interviewed me, and we could tie it together in, in kind of an interesting way. And uh, and after that, they were like, "Cool, we'd love to work with you. We want to do this." And then, you know, then they slowly slide. You know, Show actually, that's price. not true. Yeah, I knew the price going into the interview. They, they were very transparent. They're like, "Look, this is what it is. Course, yeah. um, this is what we. If you want the full enchilada." Here's the number. I mean, that's what it is. It just and what they're not hurt. Questions for are they asking you during those? Or there, is it just there was like, a, there tell was, me your story? No, no, no. There was like four, like, do you know Cold Amadon, which I thought was weird. Um, like, if you know him, you got to have a story. There was That's a lot of that. three or four chapters. That, no, we'll it, it, was, you, it was yeah. just give us, give us your background. Give us, you know, challenges. Give us what you teach people. You know, give us where you think the, you know, give us the direction of the book. Is this a business book or is it, this a it, personal no, 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 memoir? No, 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 no. It's not, it's not a personal memoir. What, what it is, is that, you know, I believe that success leaves clues. I believe that failure leaves more. I've had my share of both and I want to kind of go through that. But I think the overall theme of the book is going to be intention. And what I mean by that is there's too many people floating through the ether of life, not doing things intentionally. Mm-hmm. Like even my mastermind this weekend, like even that man, I, you know, not to, I'm not going to call anybody out, but there was a couple people that like you get in the little, you get in the table groups, you get in the little the table breakouts mm-hmm. and they're like, what, what did you come here for this weekend? And people are like, I don't know. I just, you know, I wanted to come. It's like, dude, like how did cool you come to, to this? Part of, yeah. Yeah. How did you come to this with this and level of intelligence hanging around and not have like a thought out agenda? You know, obviously when you go to those things, you know, my first thing is I want to bring value. I want to try to like use my help as many people as I can. That's the first place. The first thing I want to do is I want to bring value to others. Sure. But also, I've got a mental checklist of I need to spend time with this person. I want to try to learn this from them. I want to get some advice from this person on this. I have specific conversations that are set up in my mind before I even go. Do you ever, what about the philosophy that you don't know what you don't know until you realize you don't know it? So maybe some people are coming. I'm just wondering. I'm not yeah, yeah. trying to play devil's advocate. But do you think sometimes people go there without an agenda or intention? I don't be think like, in that. Not what, in that level of a mastermind. Well, no, see what comes up when I no, 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 really smart no, 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 I don't, I don't no, no. think you've really... This mass, there's a million masterminds nowadays um, out there, and I don't. I, I, I want people to realize your mastermind is on a whole different level than the quote on. Hey, I got an attorney. I've got a real estate guy. I got an insurance guy. Yeah, it's we not meet a meet every up. Wednesday, yeah, right? Like this is a 
These guys are flying now on private jets. Oh, yeah. These guys are doing big, crazy deals. I mean, big, crazy we deals. do a lot of investment deals and stuff, and you'll come in all excited, like, listen to what these guys are doing. And it's a whole yeah, it's different crazy. level. It's, it's, it's another level. But to your point, I, there are things that, that when I go there, I don't know what I don't know, and something right. will come up, and then I will seek somebody out to learn more about it. Or if somebody says something, I, you know, I really try to connect the dots as much as I can at these things. Like if somebody says, oh, I need, I need, I need help with cold traffic. I'm like, I know exactly who you need to talk to. Okay, and then I'll go grab so, that person and connect them and say, like, you need to talk to them. And there's times when somebody will come grab me and say, you need to talk to this guy. And we, and we have a conversation. And, it, and, it, and it's really good in, the, in that group that way. But I think going just, you have no, like, I literally I am like, I, I've researched every single person in that group. Oh, yeah. I and guess I that know. Makes sense if you know kind of your breakouts or you no, know. No, 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 no. I'm talking about, I, I mean, I, I try to figure out as much as I can the individual skill sets of every single person that are in this group before I go. Because if I do that, now I can network with intention. Yeah. Yeah. Now I can intentionally do what I do. I think so many people wake up and, and don't do anything with intention. And I'm not saying ulterior motive that's evil. No, no, right, no, no. Right. But I'm saying just live an intentional life. That is a really good point. It's like people that give the charity say, well, you're only doing that. It's like, I don't care why you're doing that. Yeah. Just do it. Who gives a shit why you did it? The intention behind something, people always think that's just because you have an intention. It's nefarious. Right, right. Yeah. You should have an intention to get better, to grow in everything experience life you're on this rock you're flying in space what do you want to do here right yeah. and go do those things that support that so i'm not the intention thing i completely get that and i probably don't do it enough because i worry about some of the um the day-to-day -day challenges of being an attorney or being mm -hmm. a father right you're kind of walking through it a lot of times trying well, to survive sometimes well, what's worse is you get on autopilot yeah autopilot and i think yeah. that's where we got like okay for example case in point my son is uh, obviously the lacrosse thing. My son's been playing lacrosse. He's trying to get better, trying to uh, trying to improve as much as he can. And every day he's out there on the repeater. And last night I kind of looked out there and he was on the repeater and he was just throwing the ball. And I could just tell, I don't know where, he wasn't even thinking about it. And and I walked down and I was like, are you doing this to do it because you know you need to practice 30 minutes a day or are you doing it with intention that every single time you throw that ball against that net, you're trying to get better? Yeah. You're focused on one singular place on that net that you're trying to make that ball land yeah. exactly in that one square inch and you're trying to catch it back exactly the same way every time. That's the difference between Michael Jordan and someone like Ben Simmons. Intention. So Ben Simmons has got all the talent in the world, but you can see that he doesn't carry with him the desire to be excellent. That's why he's no. a shitty free throw shooter. Yeah. Like you can tell why Ben Simmons is a bad free throw shooter, yeah. right? Or so whatever. Uh, Michael Jordan, though, always went out with intention. LeBron James lived with, with intention. intention, right? So that's the difference between superstars and stars. Here's my question. I was thinking about this earlier. Mm -hmm. I, I was listening to some podcasts, some football thing, and somebody brought up the point about in life, you will get 50% of the way by showing up. The whole concept of... The greatest ability is availability. Okay. Okay. So people that show up on time to their job, not early, not late. Don't, you don't have to come and be a superstar. If you're there. Just show up. You are literally halfway to success. Mm -hmm. Now you're talking about the difference. You're talking about the nuance. It's yeah. when you sharpen the pencil. That's it. But you got a writable pencil if you just fucking show up 99% of the time. Yeah. Well, that's like you're, and I love that because. But showing up with intention. Showing up with intention is a way to become right. a superstar. Right. Yeah. But you can be. Pretty goddamn successful. You can be in life. Tom Hanks and get successful <laughs> just because you show you up. You see the what fucking I mean? It's almost like there's this double-edged thing about life where you go, okay, I today am gonna go into autopilot. Yeah, 
right? Like I, this whole thing. You, you, it, it's so easy to slip into that. It's so easy to slip into those times right. of just of just coasting through everything. My point is, I think it's okay to do that as long as you know how to get back out of it. Mm-hmm. I think that it's okay. Like I don't, I don't live. I don't need to live with intention every day. Some days I go, today I'm going to intentionally go out of my way to not do. You know what I mean? Like are you saying, well, no, no, are but, you but, saying so, like stress? Maybe stress wise. So like, yeah, a, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. But less let, stressful let, day is going to be one that's just on autopilot. Well, right? let me let, let me give you a great. If that's what I'm I would go play suggest. golf this afternoon. Let, let me give yeah. you a great example. It's one of the guys that was speaking this weekend. I don't remember who this was. I don't remember who said this, and they weren't even talking about intention. It wasn't. It wasn't even. It wasn't even what they were talking about. But somebody asked a question, or somebody said something about. You know, because this person traveled a lot and was on the road with business a lot, did a lot of things. And they said, do you regret missing time with your kids? Was was the question. Yeah. What it was. Do you regret, yeah. are, are you, are you feel like you're missing out Great on your question. kids because you only got till they're 18 and then they're gone. Mm-hmm. And the answer was this. The answer was, when I'm with my kids, I am so hyper-focused on them. And yes. I am with them at it with a great level of intention that I have a better connection. I have better memories and I have a better relationship with my kids than somebody that sits on the on the couch all day and stares at their phone and or the TV. I actually couldn't agree with that statement more. And here's what I learned as a parent that had my first daughter 50-50. Mm-hmm. Is that when I had her, I had her. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I planned around. And that's kind of almost my question is, to, when you're talking about living with intention. Mm-hmm. So with my first daughter, I lived with intention when I had her. And then when I didn't, I didn't sit there and, you know, want, like, you know, I, I, I did... I had a mental kind of a bridge where I went and crossed it when I needed to. Yeah. And I think sometimes people think to be successful. And I only bring this up because the young, you know, the young people that want to, I want to grind in real estate. I want to hustle. I want to do all this stuff. You're I think you're going to burn out. Yeah. I think you're going to no, no, burn no, no, your, okay, listen. your, your ability to. No, but, but, but again, let me, let me bring it. Let me, let me bring it. Let me talk to that point. Yep. I would say you need downtime by intention. Okay, so that's you how need intent. Yeah. I'm not. Okay. I'm not saying. No, no, no. I'm not saying yeah. I'm going to take the best shower I have ever taken in my entire <laughs> life. That's not what I'm saying. It is a best but shower what, to what, you, cold or hot. Depends on what hot. I'm doing. Oh, depends. No, 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 no. I, I got to tell. It depends on what I'm doing. If I'm if I'm out of the dry sauna, cold, oh. cold yeah. better. I like yeah, the cold but, better. Start shrinkage. It's cold. <laughs> I don't like cold showers. Why would you like cold showers? I hate getting in a cold pool. He's never, oh, he's never seen Star Wars. Can we just leave it at that? <laughs> Is that? <laughs> I, I feel like that's a so positive. He, say thing. it. No, I think I think uh, it's a positive. It's like a perfect thing. time for a Han Solo joke. Oh God! No, here's the here's the question. The, 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 the question. <laughs> the question becomes: Is that what you do when you don't have that, your daughter okay, 50, in, okay. 50 The other fifty okay. Han Solo. All right. All right. How the hell am I going to make the bumper? For the episode thirteen, and try to squeeze that mayhem that happened into like fifteen just seconds. Have just have it on repeat about Dark uh, Vader. <laughs> just nothing but Dark Vader. Just go with that. I, so, but yeah, no. But I need a book deal. So to your point, but that comes down to almost like definitional truths, right? For yourself and to me, what I'm saying is, I'm living my life with an intention, and it's a greater. It's like a Maslow hierarchy. It's my top down thing. And John, you know what my intentions are. We're going to go sure. satisfy some of them. Yeah, I want to go do epic shit with my life. Yeah. I want to be able to look back at it and not think I've left a lot of rubber on the tires. Right. Yep. Now with that comes being a good husband, it could be a good father. It's it's all that. I watched the Sakara. I watched that the documentary about it. Did you? It's pretty spectacular. It's pretty impressive. So you're about to go embark on history that I know. That's going to be in the book. 
I know. Yeah, oh yeah, right. it is. And so living with intention, living with intention, living with intention. accomplishing things, and going yeah. to see things in Dubai for twenty four hours. Um, at the <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, God. So oh boy. So uh, you're gonna get me anyway, killed. That was my only you're point. Go, you're that, gonna get me killed. I think that I think that some people they don't understand what it means to have balance, and that balance is a part of intention. Yeah. So to yeah. your point, yeah, I would agree. As long as people don't mistake the word intention. Well, yeah, to, I think not I think, mean right. what you kind of mean it is. But, but no, no, no. But but in, but in all things, it's the drift that gets you. The drift, yeah. The drift, the drift is what gets you. Every great thing that I've ever accomplished in life, or every great thing that's happened to me, has happened to me because I went after it with a high level of intention. Right. Mm. Every, I mean, even my wife, man. I mean, I got to tell you, people that are dating today, and you know what? You, I mean, I guess you can kind of use the text thing. But back in mm. the day, I was living in Florida when I met my wife, and I'm telling you, the AOL Instant Messenger which is how I used to talk to my wife on the, uh, on the old computer with our whatever it was. But the AOL Instant Messenger, that thing was the greatest ever because you had a little delay. Mm -hmm. So like you could think about like, okay, it was like, it was like playing right. chess. You could be smooth, right. could be smooth and, and funny and interesting. And, and to this day, I don't know if I still, I don't know if I would have gotten my wife without having that delay where I could just, you know, not type something like, you know, I'd never seen a Star Wars movie. I mean, <laughs> can you imagine like life with, <laughs> you know, <I> <laughs> life with, uh, internet, you know, how it was. Oh, having the to dial oh up, God. having to meet human beings you, in real no, life. The yeah. dial up. Do you want to hear a crazy story? Not a crazy story, but Colt, the answer to that from yeah, you is always, always yes. 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 Always so, yes. So I was a junior in high school and I was in Spanish class and my teacher hated me with a passion por for qué? no reason. Por qué? No por, por no qué, sé, Colt? No sé, pero Señor she Colt. Uh, she hated me. <laughs> and so we're in like the third uh, end of second term and I totally forgot we had like a four-page paper we had to do in Spanish. So I get online. This is before like translation sites or stuff. So the translate sites were pretty horrible, but my Spanish was horrible, so it looked like I did. Well, the problem is I got two paragraphs into it. Someone called in, got back in. The default was French. <laughs> so I turned my Spanish uh, paper in. She's like, is this French? And some idiot in the class, he's an idiot. He speaks six <laughs> languages. It's like, oh, you speak French? Start speaking me in French. And yeah, didn't, uh, but I got an A from there on out. That teacher loved me. I see. Okay, there you so go. the mark on that is 21 minutes and 15 seconds for the editor later. Just <laughs> edit, cut edit. I, just, I'm just saying. Just it. So if you're still listening, <laughs> you know what's first, And you know what Colt's first two sentences were in his Spanish? It says, uh, Han Solo is bueno. Dark Vader is Diablo. Dark. Dark, dark. Vader. Dark Vader. Still well, don't uh, understand now. You know, one of the, what, back to investments. I guess we'll talk about that. I will try to. Uh, one of the things that I learned about this weekend, I heard a lot about it. I've known a little bit about it, but I thought it was an interesting concept. I don't want to talk about it, which is this, which is Airbnb arbitrage. Now, what is Airbnb? What is Airbnb arbitrage? It's where essentially you rent someone's property, you take control of it, you furnish it, and then you use it as an Airbnb, right? Mm -hmm. And what, so when I say that, what is your first thought? What, what is your first thought well, when I tell uh, you that? People don't understand necessarily what arbitrage means. Arbitrage is a risk-free process. So arbitrage means I've already sold it before I bought it. Yeah. Well, it means it means there's a spread. You're you're there's, scraping the spread. But it's a guaranteed right. spread. It's a guaranteed. It spread. means I got the buyer and the seller already. So when I sign one contract, the other time right. I have a risk free spread in the middle. Yeah. So, I mean, as risk free as are you saying? But on yours, but are you saying? Are but, you saying that these guys are maybe taking leasing out well, here's, properties here's what, and the, yeah. then 
personally turning those yes. into Airbnb. They're, le- right? they're renting someone's house, house and then and turning it into an Airbnb. I so what's the- for your house, and I have and two weeks already rented for fifteen. Yeah. So 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 what? No 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 no. Like I'm going to give you a twelve month lease. Yeah. Is how this works. Oh, my phone's gone. My partner's gone. Sorry, we'll call him back. No, it's um, it's literally a deal where it's like. It's a uh, it's a twelve month lease. They lease it from the landlord, and then they turn it into an Airbnb. Airbnb yeah. And my first thought was, why in the hell would a le- would someone let you do that? Yeah. Right that that was my first thought is why would someone let you do this to the property? Here's what they do, and it's pretty slick. They approach the landlord and they say, "Hi, I represent corporate housing. We bring professionals in to train." to relocate temporarily, and we need some corporate housing to temporarily house our professionals. If you're interested in leasing your house to us to use for temporary corporate housing, let us know. Oh, wow. That's the pitch. Smart. So the landlords think you're bringing in Nancy the accountant to sit here for a couple of weeks, and that's how it is. Now, I know what you're thinking now. You're thinking, oh, man, if there's a party, the landlord's going to be pissed, right? And these guys have all those verbiage they put in the lease saying that you're allowed to do this. Now, they check the county ordinances to make sure it's not illegal. If you need a permit, they get a permit. That's fine. All of those things that they do. There's a website that they utilize. Let me pull up the website what it was. Uh, There's a website. It is called... Because a lot of these landlords, they don't even care because they bought this as an investment that they just need. Yeah, they just well, well and, and, it's, and it sounds like a good idea to have a, a, a bunch of professionals that roll through your roll through your deal. So here was the letter they did. I'm going to read you the letter. This is the contact letter they actually send out to the to the uh, client. It says or to the owner. It says, "Hey, blank. This is blank, and I run a corporate housing business where we host working professionals in the area. We host professionals who are training and or providing their services locally. They prefer to stay in the comfort of home that reminds them of their home rather than a hotel, especially with social distancing. I have references available upon request and would like to see if you would be interested in renting me your property for 12-month lease. Here's how it works. I would rent your property for 12 months. I will pay the amount of your listing every month, days early. The property will be deep cleaned by my professional staff and will remain in the same condition as when I took it over. Let me know if you have any questions. Crazy. They're both named blank. I know. They're... <laughs> Both name blank. So they get they get the lease done, right? And they put in the lease that they're allowed to lease it short term. What they're looking for is a fifty percent win on an eighty percent occupancy. So if the rent costs a thousand dollars, and there's a website, that's when I went to look up and see what it was. There's a website where you can actually look up and see where this is, and the website is called. The website is called, where is the website? I think it's called Mashup. I think what it is. That does not sound right. No, that doesn't sound that right That sounds at all. like when you put your face on a celebrity and it turns it into. I agree. Sounds like which, a, which isn't that fun. Jab. That is fun. Which, is, <laughs> which, which isn't that fun. Sounds like a jib jab of Colt with uh, Tom Hanks. I know. I can't. Can, I, I can't. I'm sure. You know, what what no, is you, your you, favorite Tom? Oh, why man. he's doing this? No, What's no, your you famous Tom Hanks? Private Ryan, dude. But that's why you keep defaulting to one good movie. Gump. Forrest Gump was horrible. Horrible. It was a story about a man who had all of the odds against him in life and did not let that stop his ability to live the Go ahead. Back Back from Private Ryan. Ryan. So – they just use the Google machine. You can find a you can find Catch a website. Me if you can. Well, Sorry. you can find a website where it shows <laughs> you in there. That was, yes, he was. It was Leonardo DiCaprio Leo. and him. He was trying to catch him. See now you got me. Now you got me all screwed. Oh, so, but there's there's a website you can look and find out what the average rates and vacancies are for Airbnb in a given area. Right. Just go, really? use the Google machine. I'm not sure what the site was. I'm sure you'll find it. They're looking for 
I, if the place rents for a thousand dollars a month, they want a net 500 bucks mm-hmm. and on an 80%, on an 80% occupancy. They want to try, they don't want to try to go. They want to go for like 20 or no, it's less, actually less than that. It was, it was 60% cause they say 20 days rented is what they want to do. Okay. And they're looking for a 500% win based on what they have. Then you hire a cleaning person. When you hire the cleaning person, you basically say, you have to clean seven days a week. You have to be available seven days a week whenever I need you, holidays, Christmas, whatever. You got to do that. And you've got to be available if they need something, a blanket or whatever, need to restock. They need to be able to restock like the shampoo and stuff and get all this stuff done. They essentially become your property manager. Right. And you're paying them a cleaning. Now, the cleaning is free because it's a pass-through charge to Airbnb to whoever it is. And then they just turn them loose, man. They just furnish these things and turn them loose. And they just... This cat that was laying this out, I don't remember his name. He, he wasn't part of our group. They just brought him in to talk about it. But he was, they had like 500 of these across the country. I met a kid that did. It, it might have been bananas. the same kid because that kid had, at the time, it was, it was like years ago and it was he bananas. had like 80 or something. Yeah, so I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, dude, if you're one of those people out there that says, I don't have the money to invest in real estate. I don't have the money to get started. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can go to Ikea and buy some furniture for not very much. Yeah. Yeah, you are facing probably a lot of legal consequences of that, though. That is where I would pump the brakes. Well, keep in mind, counsel. here comes counsel. Okay, but here keep keep down. in mind a couple of things about this. Number one, as long as you disclose it, and he has, he says you you make sure it, within the lease you get permission from the landlord to rent it short term. You also get permission to change the locks. It's in the lease that you sign. It's an additional term. I have permission to change the locks because we had to put a, a digital lock on it to give our people access. It's fine. And then also what they do is, here's the key, because what's the, the biggest fear? I forgot to talk about this. The biggest fear you're going to have is they do what? Damage it. Throw a party and damage it, right? He said the number one way to know if you're going to have a problem, don't rent to anybody within the city that you're in. Yeah, if you have one of these in L.A. and somebody from L.A. wants to rent it, there's a good chance they're going to have a party or cause a problem in it. Yeah, some guy so, from Nashville, yeah, they'll rent yeah, it out. Some guy from Nashville, they'll rent it out. He's like, you don't have to rent it to everybody. You can just what say no. What they're doing is pretty much saying, hey, look over here, it's corporate housing, and then corporate in the corporate, yeah, and then, in, but but what they're probably doing is putting in their leases, this kind of stuff, and he's probably glancing over like, oh yeah, they're, 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 they're yeah. corporate housing, and just kind of it is what glancing it is. It. But you can also, but also remember that, again. Have counsel look over that draft, by the way, <laughs> yeah, before, you, before you send solicitation text like that, make sure that, I think it should be worded in such a way as you just say, corporate short-term leasing, okay. as opposed to like our pl- anything that hints that like this is a controlled. You know who they are. Damage issues. I would just be very cautious and conscientious of the exact wording so that it's not misleading. Because if it's misleading, that could be fraud. And if there's treble damages and has all these things. All right. I, again, no, no, no. Head. Again, That's this right. is information I heard from a stage. You look into it yourself. Look don't, into yourself. Don't quote me for anything. There, there don't come probably, back and say, I there, told you to do this. There are probably ways to do this. <laughs> that is not one that we are recommending or endorsing. Yes. But if, at the end of the day, yeah, I'm John's just saying, point remains that there's a dude that but it's, there's a dude it's just smart. Just shows you can do what you need to but without also, the capital. But again, again, you can, can, you can install decibel meters around the house. There's things you can do to control this to make sure there's no problems. There's lots of things you can do. Um, and again, the thing, good thing about Airbnb is you can see the reviews of people before. Yeah. If there's any damage to the property, you have their credit card. Yep. You got within, I think, if, as long as you make the claim within the, the, before somebody else checks in, they're, they're going to pay for it. It's part of the Airbnb thing. You can make a claim through Airbnb and they will hit their card. Yep. So the, the, the risk is pretty low. Yeah, there's a way to do it. Right, absolutely. 
Um, just how you, how you phrase that and how you solicit was my only concern. So if we learned anything in today's show, I think that it's, we learned that what did we learned to, what did we learned to, sum us up. Col- sum Col- us Col- up. Col- Col- was in, uh, yeah, he's the federal agent that busts him. Yes. That's why I didn't like that show then. Cause I, I feel like that movie was, Frank it was great. It was just, a real life. Just to let you know, a lot of that stuff in that movie was bullshit. Didn't happen. Yeah. Well, every that's, movie. that's every movie made no, 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 into no. a movie. But very specifically about Catch Me If You Can is that Frank Abagnale, the con artist, mm. was on that game show. And a lot of what they took was at his word of what he said on the game show. It was not fact-checked. It was not background-checked at all. This whole wildlife he was running and cashing checks and flying Pan Am is whatever. Yeah, he a just lot of that was apparently bullshit. Nobody's Well, shocker. I mean, shocker. It's funny that a, a movie about a con artist conned People into making yeah, a movie about a con artist. Oh yeah, no, completely doesn't surprise <laughs> like, me. The 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 inception level of of connery in that one is it's, amazing. It's shocking. Shonk. It's shocking. Well, time to wrap it up, boys. Again, guys, if you like what we do, you can always check us out over on YouTube. If you're on YouTube, you can check this out. We were streaming. Make sure you like and subscribe. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Check out some of the other episodes. I mean, especially I'm going to tell you right now, you need to check out episode thirteen. <laughs> It was bananas. We'll just leave it at that. And if you like what we do, make sure you tell somebody. And if you hate it, tell two, because it doesn't matter if they're talking about you. If you think Tom Hanks sucks. Oh, my God. It's when they stop talking, <laughs> you got a problem. We'll see you next time. Sorry. What's <laughs> hey, it's John Gafford. If you want to catch up more and see what we're doing, you can always go to thejohngafford.com. Well, we'll share any links that we have things we talked about on the show, as well as links to the YouTube where you can watch us live. And if you want to catch up with me on Instagram, you can always follow me at the John Gafford. I'm here. Give me a shout.